This episode is a little different than our usual format. Every once in a while, I plan to share a bonus interview with one of our Lifestyle Investor Mastermind members. While we limit the number of people who can join the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind each year, this is your opportunity to get a peek behind the curtain and discover what the smartest investors and entrepreneurs are doing to 10x their wealth and freedom. Let's get into it. Today, as part of the Lifestyle Investor Member Spotlight Series, I'm speaking with Ryan Williamson. In our conversation, Ryan shares his incredible journey from being a Navy vet and board-certified neurologist to a prolific entrepreneur and investor who's disrupting the healthcare staffing field. Ryan details his tax and investment strategies that have not only weathered economic downturns, but have also produced remarkable returns the lessons he took from other Lifestyle Investor Mastermind members, and how all these experiences helped him create his dream life. In this episode, you'll learn the tax strategies that Ryan uses to add an additional six figures to his annual income, Ryan's recession-proof investing strategies that consistently yield high returns, and the story of how serving in the Navy and working in medicine motivated Ryan to build a locum tenens healthcare staffing agency. One more thing before we get to today's interview. If you've been listening to the show and you've been wondering what it would be like to connect with other lifestyle investors who are playing at the highest level, investors who are building wealth and freedom on their terms and who are learning and growing together, the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind may be the opportunity you've been searching for. This exclusive group is your chance to build your confidence, skills, network, and portfolio all in one spot. To learn more, visit lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash mastermind. To get access to today's show notes, including the best clips, transcripts, and links to all the resources mentioned, visit lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash 169. Thanks for listening. And without further delay, my conversation with Ryan Williamson. What's up, Ryan? So good to have you on the show. I'm very happy to be here, Justin. Thank you for having me. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun. I always enjoy the episodes that I do just in general. I, I love interviewing people. I, I'm just curious by nature and love learning you know, how people tick and the stories that people have that got them from point A to point B. But I have a special place in my heart for Lifestyle Investor Mastermind members. And so it's fun doing these new interviews, these periodic additions to the regular Lifestyle Investor interview. And it's been really, we've gotten just incredible feedback, both from the members that listen to them, but also from people just in the audience in general that love hearing the perspective of those that have been, you know, successful enough to be able to get accepted into the program. So you're one of those people. And I'm just excited to tell your story and kind of hear some of the cool things that you've done. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I, again, I'm very happy to be here. And I think thinking back to three years ago, I think the first time I picked up your book, you know, in 2020, it came out in 2020, right? I always feel like this is... Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, it, if you told me that three years from now, you'd be sitting on Justin's podcast, I think I would have laughed at whoever came up with that idea. So it's it's funny to think about how how things change in a very short period of time. But uh, again, yeah, this this is great. Well, it's so cool also to hear the story where you don't think that you're... Whatever it is, whether you don't think you're qualified or you don't think it's possible... But not only that, but to see the impact that you're making inside of our own community and the people that are reaching out to you because of the growth that you've had. And I'm sure we'll get into all that, but you're adding so much value to our community. And I just want to share that with you. I really appreciate the affirmation. I mean, obviously, we'll, like you said, we'll touch on the kind of the renewal post and how that came about. But what an affirmation and a privilege to be able to get to know so many people and talk to so many people that I feel like I was able to help in some way through the resources that are that are available to us. I mean, it's just been amazing. It's been quite a journey. Well, we have a fun community. I mean, any person that you're going to hang out with is just a blast to get time with. And uh, you are no exception to that rule. And, you know, we've got our big retreat coming up. I actually don't know if this will be released prior to the event, I would imagine. Oh, actually, I know for a fact it won't. So I'm just not sure how far beyond, but I can't wait to see you in person and get some time because I know this will be your second retreat that you'll be part of. So it's going to be a lot of fun, great agenda and, and some really fun guests as always. Super excited. Happy to be back in Austin and get to bring Corey, my wife, this time. She's really excited. You know, got, got, like we were talking about a minute ago, kind of offline, getting into 
the group, you know, a month or so before the first retreat last year and thinking of people who were really total strangers a month prior, um, or even at the, at the retreat, people I just hadn't had a chance to connect with that I had maybe one or two conversations with, and they feel like they're your lifelong best friends. I mean, and, and still people that I talk to to this day, a year later, who I haven't seen in a year other than just our Zoom meetings or text or phone calls. Um, it's just awesome. I mean, just what, what, you're, what you're building here, I think, is, is something really special. Well, thank you. And, and I know the feeling of finally finding your tribe, your people, like-minded folks that you resonate on the deepest of levels on, but it can go deep real quick. It's not just surface level. And that's tough to find. Most people don't have that. And um, I feel, you know, such a great privilege to the opportunities that we have inside of our community, all, all these amazing people. And we get to do life together. It's not just about lifestyle. And it's not just about investing. It's it's about doing life together and and building an even better, cooler, more exciting life, and then helping those in our ecosystems along the way so that they can do the same thing. That's 100% correct. Um, I think I think Darcy Harbit may have mentioned this on his panel last year, but something that really resonated with me was talking about kind of being back in his community. And I'm paraphrasing, so Darcy, if you're listening to this, forgive me if I get this a little wrong, but um, being back in his community, he, he doesn't really have that kind of safe space to discuss these types of things. And, and I've, I've had that conversation with so many people, but to your point, that just, that really does resonate on a very deep level to have that that space to just, you know, talk about these things with like-minded folks and, and be able to help and give back and, and learn how to help others outside our community and our own respective professions. I mean, this has just been such a privilege and just, a, I mean, truly a life-changing experience. I mean, I, I really mean that. Oh, it's so cool to hear. And it is important to have that space where, you know, at a certain level, it's not like problems disappear. Once you solve money, it's not like problems stop. Problems still exist. They just, the goal is to upgrade them, to have better quality problems, right? And so people in our community still have problems. They're better quality problems than what other people have, but that doesn't change the fact that they need people that have experienced this, or they need people that they can brag and celebrate with, or they need people they can share tremendous losses that can empathize and help them get back on track. And sometimes people in our peer group that haven't had the same level of business success or financial success that many of our community have had, they can't just have those conversations. It, it just might feel out of line, you know, with family or friends that haven't experienced the same levels of success or haven't experienced the same issues or problems. And so it is so important to have that community where you can talk openly about finances, about business, about what's going well, about what's going wrong, about accountability and, and all the things. 100% correct. And, and even with, you know, the, the growth and the change we've experienced in many ways, you know, there've been some bumps too. I mean, there's, you have to think about, you know, I, I think the quote, I can't remember if this is Tony Robbins or somebody that said, you know, the thinking that got you here is not the thinking that will get you to the next level, right? I'm sure it's been said many that's ways, right. many times over, but uh, I have to think about problems in a new and different way now with respect to cash flow, running our businesses, running our real estate portfolio. And that's been a bigger challenge than even I would imagine. I mean, we just, we have different things going different places and, and a whole new set of better quality problems, as you put it, uh, to think about. But that comes with its own set of, you know, unique challenges. And it's fun, but but I mean, they are different problems, that's for sure. That's right. And, and it's always great when you have world-class leaders like Jay Abraham coming. You know, it's an honor that he wants to be part of our event and, you know, that we've got Chris Smith and Garrett Gunderson. And, and by the way, you know, for those that don't know, the goal of this is to have less keynotes, less speakers, to be a lot more interactive, to be a lot more social, have more events and excursions and engaging activities than it is to have speaker after speaker after speaker. So we do a lot of discussion based stuff. We only have three speakers, we've got a bunch of panels, and then we've got a whole bunch of interaction time, just hangout time, what uh, Matthew Kelly calls time free carelessness. And uh, just being able to get into a space where you can talk and hang out and get the help on whatever it is. You know, we do a, a lot on asks and gives. What's your big ask? What do you what's the one thing that you want to learn or that would help solve some problem, some situation in your life? And what's the one big give that you have that you can offer up to others where either you have resources or you have expertise? And so part of this event is solving for each of those and really bringing value to the community as a whole. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think, I mean, for as, as much as the, the lectures and the panels are thought provoking, 
when it comes to, you know, just different philosophical views on any topic that were brought, right? I, I really think my favorite part of the retreat last year and even, you know, when we do our Zoom meetings is the discussion after, right? It's, I mean, everyone comes together and it's this, I mean, collective mastermind, right? I mean, as the term goes, where we've got everybody with their own unique takes and perspectives and you get to just get this one-on-one -on -one time with people at the retreat and hang out and get to learn people where they're from, what do they do? And it's just, I mean, it really, it's just, it's just awesome. Yeah. So just a wonderful thing. And I love that this year you get to bring Corey because we always want spouses to come to everything. They're always yes. welcome to whatever events we do, because I think it's important if you're talking about lifestyle and investing and upgrading all these things, it's important that you're on the same page with your spouse. So we want them at everything. 100%. Yeah, she's I mean, she's been incredibly supportive through this whole thing. And it was, you know, we will get into mindset here in a minute, I suppose. But just even thinking about the transformation of mindset for the both of us for what really felt like a, a bit of a leap of faith and parting with a, a tuition, if you will, that I think I was very much in a scarcity mindset of, oh my gosh, you know, what's this going to do? What's this going to bring? We don't know. And I mean, I, I do it a hundred times over, right? I mean, it's, it's just, it's that obvious because the value is there clearly. Uh, and I mean, in, in spades, but to have her be part of that journey and, and grow together, uh, it, that's priceless. That's, that's great. It totally is. So you're doing it the right way and, and I love it. It's just awesome. So your um, story is a unique story. And obviously, everyone's story is unique. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that enter a space. We don't always have these high-level doctors and neurosurgeons. I mean, we got a bunch of doctors and a bunch of different specialties. I believe you are our only neurosurgeon, though we have some people that have some chops and some skills in and around that space. But how does a neurosurgeon, you know, first of all, how did you get there? I want to hear that story. And then secondly, how does a neurosurgeon end up in the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind? Sure. So this is a, a matter of clarification. This happens all the time. I'm a clinical neurologist. So neuro, neurosurgeons, uh, which I think uh, Elizabeth Liptrap is, is one of our neurosurgeons. She's the one that hangs out in the operating room and does all the brain cutting. So I, I deal more with uh, strokes and migraines and multiple sclerosis and epilepsy and things like that. I've spent time in the operating room as a medical student, and um, I thought I wanted to be a, a facial plastic surgeon for the longest time. And it just turns out that it bores me to death to be in the OR for that long. The joke is that you know surgeons uh, like their patients asleep, and you know clinicians like like interactions and talking to their patients awake. So, but yeah, I mean, medicine. Uh, it's, it's a long story. Everyone gets into medicine, I think, due to obviously feeling called to it or some passion or something like this. So. As a kid, I mean, I, I experienced quite a bit of personal loss in my family. I mean, I had, I lost a couple of grandparents very young, an aunt I was very close with, to different types of cancer, and my grandfather had Parkinson's. And that certainly got some gears turning early about this whole concept of life and death and why do people get sick and, you know, things that maybe a lot of kids don't think about, like I had to, right, with the exposure that I did. Really enjoyed science growing up. I mean, whether that was fueled by the, the early experience or something I just got into, but that certainly started something, right? Um, and, and, and this desire to want to go help people. And I think my parents would tell you that I said I wanted to be a doctor when I was like five or six. I don't really remember that. Certainly by the time I was about 17 or 18, I was pretty dialed in. That's what I, I knew I wanted to do. And so it was a matter of how do I get there, right? I mean, uh, neither my parents are in medicine. I've um, got some aunts and uncles that are, you know, dentists, nurses, things like that, but nobody that was a physician that I could directly kind of follow. So that took some figuring out. But yeah, I got through my undergraduate studies, love philosophy for what that's worth. Um, so I like to talk about a lot of deep thoughts that don't really go anywhere, uh, things like that. Uh, so that was one of my degrees, uh, my undergraduate studies, and got a biomedical science degree, all of which, by the way, is completely meaningless unless you go to more school. So I couldn't have done anything else with that other than go somewhere else in, in my education journey. So yeah, I was fortunate enough to get into medical school uh, on my first try. And, and many people, it takes several tries and they, they keep at it and do it, uh, which is great. It's just a kind of a numbers game and looking a little unique. But in parallel to that, military service is always something that was passionate to me as well. Uh, I feel very drawn to to veterans in general, to kind of uh, veteran care, uh, if that makes sense. And I wasn't really sure how, to, how I could do both. Um, and as, as silly as this sounds, on the other end of it, having been a military physician as part of my career, I didn't really know that the military had doctors that were active duty at the time. I just assumed they would have been staffed by civilian doctors or something like that. But I, I stumbled upon this military scholarship called the HPSP, which is the Health Profession Scholarship Program. Um, every military branch has one. So you basically just pick a branch and apply and you can either go to civilian medical school, which is what I did, or you can uh, go to the, there's a military medical school in Bethesda outside DC. Um, so I, I chose the civilian route. 
just didn't feel like putting on uniform every day for the first few years. Well, being a med student's hard enough. So showing up in uniform is a little tougher, right? I like wearing t-shirts and scrubs and stuff. So did that route. Um, and then you kind of, you know, back, back to your initial question about how do you pick something like neurology or neurosurgery or any, any specialty, you just sort of stumble into it. Right. I mean, so I had some great mentors that were neurologists. Again, thinking back to, you know, my grandfather's condition, Parkinson's is, is one of the things I treat, but just really had some great mentors that helped guide me into that space. It is a bit of a philosophical specialty in the sense that, you know, there's just so much going on in the brain that we just don't know, right? And it's a it's a constantly evolving field. And to me, that's very fulfilling. It's challenging. The therapeutics have come miles. I mean, the joke is that neurologists just kind of diagnose stuff because you can't really fix anything. <laughs> that's sort of an old paradigm. Certainly in the last decade or two, we've had more therapeutics than ever before. And, and, and a, I mean, just a plethora coming out all the time, which is really exciting. So that's sort of the path to, I guess, to get into the neurology thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I keep, I can keep going, but um, that was, I hope that answered it. Do you love the podcast and the book and wonder what the next step should be on your lifestyle investor journey? For a limited time, my team is doing free personalized consultation calls to learn more about your goals and determine which of our courses or masterminds will help you get to the next level. Whether that's to make your first investment or to create your first income stream of passive income, or whether that's to achieve ultimate financial freedom. If you'd like to reserve a spot, head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation to book a free strategy session while they're still available. Again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation. Well, so you spent time learning your craft. You then became a civilian doctor. Is that right? There was, yeah. So the, the, the way that, that scholarship works, you actually commission as a military officer your first semester of medical school. So actually commission as an ensign in the Navy uh, my first semester. And so you, you do have on that track, you have kind of annual military training, right? So you go to officer development school, learn how to become a military officer, learn all the military bearing, get your uniforms, you know, learn how to lead, do all those things, which is awesome. Whereas if you were at the military medical school, right, um, you would be considered a full-time active duty officer and you're, you're much more in a military environment day in, day out, right? I chose kind of a deferred route where I could still earn my officership commission and still focus on my studies. And then when you graduate medical school, which is typically four years, then and go into your residency, which is where you've then matched into your specialty. So once I knew I wanted to become a neurologist, matched into that specialty, then you're, you're actually designed to come on to active duty at that point. As it turns out, the Navy did not have enough spots for the amount of neurologists they projected to need for that year for, for my training class. So I said, well, this is really what I want to do. And they said, well, you can go do a year of internal medicine, which you have to do before you do your neurology specific training. And I said, that sounds great. But then what if I don't match into neurology after that? And I said, well, then you're on a ship for three or four or five years and you're just kind of a general doctor, you know, floating around. I said, well, that sounds cool. Operational medicine, which is what that's called is fine, but I, this is really what I want to do. So, you know, how can we figure this out? And I said, well, we'll still put you in the reserves for four more years. So I did that, matched into another civilian residency. So I, I trained in Washington, D.C. at Georgetown Hospital, um, which is right down the road from Bethesda anyway. Loved it. It was amazing training. I still keep up with my colleagues this day and in my class. They're just awesome people. And, and yeah, then, then after the four years of training, you come on active duty, serve your time. And then from there, uh, once your commitment is paid back, then you have a decision. Do, do I stay in for another three years or up, up to a career? Do I, you know, do I part ways? And, and, and that's kind of the fork in the road that, that you have at that point. Yeah. So first off, thanks for your service. I mean, not only did you help serve our country, but you helped serve the people that are serving our country. Uh, so that's really cool. That's very special and unique. And I'm curious what you decided with this fork in the road. Do you continue on? By the way, my brother served in the army, did two tours and then was able to wrap up his time and was thankful for the experience, but was also thankful to be done and move on to civilian life. And so uh, I'm curious, you know, kind of what your path was. That's wonderful. I don't think I knew that about your brother. Thank you for your service too. That, that's fantastic. So when, when we left DC, or we, we had orders uh, from DC to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, which is the uh, biggest Marine Corps base on the East Coast. Uh, it's about a third of the Marine Corps station there. Uh, it's in kind of rural Eastern North Carolina. Um, I had three orders there, and I was very much open to considering a career in the military. But at the end of those three years, I decided, you know, after we're talking about 
basically a 16-year pipeline between undergraduate studies, medical school, residency, and four years in the military, right? That's that's a substantial chunk of time that I've committed to something. And I guess you could argue had some degree of autonomy through that because I'm still choosing that process. But at some point, you kind of feel like a passenger. At least I did. And you know what got me out of bed every morning was seeing my Marines and sailors, right? Uh, they're just wonderful people. Absolutely love working with those men and women. But I think at some point, it, it became very important to have the ball back in my court, so to speak, to be able to pursue other passions and do other things that, that really I felt were calling me. And this is kind of where the lifestyle investor starts to integrate into some of this and real estate starts to integrate into some of this uh, as just, you know, the, the vision was becoming a little more clear, but really pursuing other, other interests is, is what made me resign in July of 22. Um, I, I said, Hey, you know, this, this has been great, but I separated voluntarily, honorably, thankfully. And we decided to stay in Eastern North Carolina. And since then I've been doing a kind of a combination of civilian practice and co-managing our real estate portfolio with, with Corey. And then of course, learning everything that we've done in our community. That's sort of that. Well, that's got us. I love it. So a lot of paths we can talk about. We definitely should talk about your real estate. We definitely should talk about what you're doing professionally today. And at some point we can get into big takeaways that you've had from, you know, your first year in the mastermind and why you renewed and joined again for year two. But um, I think it'd be fun to kind of get into uh, some of while we're on the professional track, maybe what you're doing today and the impact that you want to have, because I know you're doing a lot of stuff with marital therapy as well. Absolutely. When, again, when I separated from the Navy, you, know, you kind of have several options at your disposal, right? You can either go join a group and, you know, kind of get a job or a private practice. You can go back to teaching and academics, which I love teaching, but didn't really want to move back to a big city. And then there's this kind of third option that fewer people know about called locum tenants. That's Latin for sort of being a placeholder. And so basically what you can do is uh, show up or, or have a have a contract as an independent contractor uh, where you can show up to these kind of more rural and underserved areas a lot of the times um, because they just aren't the services there that, that should be or need to be. So I get to go drive or fly to these sort of semi-remote places and go deliver quality care on my terms because it's a negotiated contract, right? It's a win-win because I get to deliver the care that I think people need that they don't have. Typically, a supply and demand kind of model. Model. So, you know, the rates tend to be a little bit better than they would if you were doing something else. And then, of course, as we've you know discussed regularly in the in the mastermind, you know, the tax structure of being a 1099 independent contractor. I mean, with our tax laws open up a tremendous amount of freedom in terms of what to do and, and what that looks like financially. So that's like a triple win on that front. Tons. Um, totally. And, uh, and I think I, I posted this somewhere in the, the renewal post, um, but that's taken me from basically working two to three jobs. So I, I guess I skipped over part of this, but when I was active duty, I still did uh, some virtual healthcare. It's part of telemedicine. It's called telestroke. So treating stroke patients in particular. So quite literally, I can be on a, a Zoom call just like this with somebody who's halfway across the country who's having an active stroke, treat them. I can look at their CAT scans in real time and their blood vessel imaging. We can make a decision about pushing a wow. clot busting medicine to help break up a clot. If they've got a large enough clot that they need a procedure, we can have someone like uh, Dr. Liptrap come in and help pull the clot out mechanically uh, at their hospital or, or fly them somewhere. So I, I did that for about five years, which was incredibly fulfilling. But fitting that in between my you know, Navy obligations, and I even did some of the locums travel work at that time, on, like on my vacation or leave time. That was burning both ends of the candle pretty hard. No kidding. Uh, which, I mean, I, I don't know that I found my limit, but I was pretty close. Uh, and I think my health and certainly my marriage took a hit. Uh, and that was a good lesson for everybody. So, and that was part of my decision to, you know, to separate from the military and back off on some of that other stuff. But to be able to do this locums thing, quote unquote, full time, I mean, to have the, the financial component make sense, I only really have to do that 18 to 20 weeks a year, which frees up an amazing amount of space to do anything else, right? I mean, to be present, to be you know, spend time with my wife, to go travel, to be on mastermind calls, to to go do anything. <laughs> it's just to, to have the protected space to, to just, you know, grow and learn and, and do all these things that I think are so important to personal development, we've been able to create and protect. And that's been huge. So that's, like I said, triple win on the locums front with, with how that's looked. Yeah, to just have to work 18 to 20 weeks, you know, doing this, that that's powerful. And the income, I don't think reflects that it's more of part-time hours, which is great. So you have a great income, you have a more flexible schedule, you have a lot more free time, and you're serving an underserved population that really needs you. I mean, I, uh, that's just incredible. 
it, it really has been. It's and this has been certainly the most fulfilling time I've had in my professional career. I feel that I can be the most present, the most giving, the most engaged. It's just been awesome. So yeah, yeah. So that that's the current kind of I guess um, time for service work, if you want to call it that. We actually just set up an entity with Andrew Howell of all people to create another uh, locums agency, and I have a vision to streamline the efficiency of, of the way the pay is structured for other providers. And I've, I've had some some interest already from some medical colleagues, which is really exciting without going down this rabbit hole too deep. Basically, the model is hospital A says, we don't have this provider, we need this service. And they contract with an agency and the agency says, we can find provider A, i.e. Dr. Williamson or whoever, we'll put them in for, for this much money, right? And there's kind of this inherent conflict of interest because the agency is trying to keep what they can to run their business, their profit, their overhead, and pay the provider as little as possible. And that's a negotiation game, right? And every agency so far that I've worked with, except for one, will not tell me what their cut is. They go, this is your rate. And you can negotiate that rate, but they won't tell me what they're keeping. And that doesn't sit very well, right? So my proposal is to create this agency, have a transparent model with providers and say, here's what the hospital's willing to pay. Here's the money on the table. How do we make this work for everybody? And kind of in a nutshell, just to make it more, you know, it's creating a win-win. And, and, and I think because running a leaner kind of more boutique service, we could probably bid on some of these same contracts for less, right? So kind of undercut the other, you know, the, the bigger groups, the hospitals paying less, the providers are making more, everybody's happy. It's a win-win. Everybody's taken care of, the patients are taken care of. I mean, it just, it, it seems like a more efficient, better model to me. So that's in the works. The lack of transparency just straight up that feels a little manipulative or a little deceiving. It's like, hey, we don't want to give you all the info. Make some decisions without all the info. And by the way, this info that we're not sharing with you is to the detriment of the customer. (laughs) You know, you're spot on on this. And I, I bet you this has some tremendous legs. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about getting that going. And then kind of the, the bigger vision I've had is creating some sort of online platform where people can learn more about taking control of their health, um, educating people on more preventive medicine. I think once upon a time, you know, I've discussed a book that I've outlined on migraine. I've got one for stroke that I've very kind of skeleton outlined. But uh, so I have sort of something I want to put together to be able to help more people than I could ever reach as an individual provider. And that's that, that growth, again, has come through our community and looking at what others have been able to do, looking at you know what you've done with the lifestyle investor community, right? I mean, you can do these one-on-one podcasts, which are great and fun, and we can do Zoom calls with a lot of people. But I mean, creating content for people to engage with just creates the potential to help so many more people than you could ever hope to to do in you know, kind of a one-on-one, which I love. And that's why clinical medicine is still very fun for me. But, but I've been able to kind of ride on the coattails of others or sit on the shoulders or however you want to you know, whatever metaphor you want to use, but just has really expanded my thinking uh, into how, how can I serve more people and help more? Well, I love it. The writing's on the wall that you will. I can already hear it. I can already see it. You know, it's it's exciting. And this doesn't even get into the specifics of the marital therapy, does it? Oh, yes. Gosh. So that's, yeah. Um, thank you for, for reminding me of that again. That's been something that my wife and I have been engaged in for about the last year and a half and has been completely transformative. And uh, mental health is a big passion of mine, not only in my, in my personal life, in our life, but in the life of my patients. I think the, I used to be able to quote this the actual statistic, but, but effectively back to the military stats uh, when I was active duty, more active duty service members die of suicide every year than combat. And, and and that has been the statistic for, for sure, you know, the last decade plus, right? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's tremendously sad to even think about this, that we have this system that isn't able to identify these people that, that are truly in need. And the amount of times that I had people that just came to me for a basic headache or for a numb hand or whatever, that I'd say, hey, is there anything else I can help with? And you know, right before they walked out the door, they'd tell me that they tried to kill themselves the night before. And I mean, that's just shut down clinic, get them the care they need. I mean, nothing else matters at that point other than getting them the services they need. So this is something that's very, very near and dear to my heart and something that um, I'm very passionate about. And I just want people to know that not only is it okay to talk about mental health, but it's important too. And, and, and I firmly believe that. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, if, if you're ever having any thoughts of, of anything like that, Tell somebody. People care about you. People love you, and they need to know. And and their resources to help. Uh, we just, I think, do a do a disservice to um, certainly our military members, but uh, I think our you know our medical community at large by not having that in the spotlight as much as it should be. There's certainly people leading the charge on that. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of people that are making a ton of headway, but definitely something that we need to continue to to work on. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to get help if you aren't willing to admit 
that something's going on. And I also think that it's becoming more and more acceptable culturally for people to be able to admit this, for uh, men to let their guard down and be vulnerable uh, in a way that maybe past generations uh, weren't able to, maybe it was frowned upon. So uh, I think, you know, you can see a lot of good things coming into fruition here with the way that this is being lifted up and being supported. And people just need to have the courage to share when they're having that crisis or, or in that situation. I couldn't agree more. And again, I, I know I mentioned earlier, you know, my kind of my bringing some of the kind of early childhood trauma I had with, you know, death and, and just things that I experienced that until I had a really just a, a phenomenal marital therapist or, or psychologist that has helped us through this, helped me identify past trauma, work through it, overcome it, be more vulnerable, be more open with not only my wife, but, you know, my friends. I mean, it, it's been transformative. And I think not only just from a overall feeling better standpoint, it's freeing to allow more room for success. I mean, you can start to believe in yourself more. It, it provides a foundation for you to change your mindset. I think you and I discussed this briefly over email, but I was put up that renewal post and, and you know, we're talking about all these people that were emailing me back. And I said, I feel like a bit of an imposter here. And you were like, no, not allowed, man. But uh, imposter syndrome is a real thing. And, and I think that's something I've struggled with. And, you know, now that I'm, I'm like, what more evidence do I need that, that you know, that I, I provide value to people or that I'm credentialed or, or whatever. I mean, uh, but being able to, to get through, I think, and expose past circumstances, traumas, build yourself, build your mindset. That is such a key component to success. I mean, I, I don't know that it's the most important thing, but it almost feels like the first domino that if you have that lined up or like, like Jason Dries talks about, right. In our lecture the other day, I mean, being able to do the impossible and aligning yourself with success that really spoke to me and I think is is spot on in terms of kind of what he teaches with respect to coaching and, and just overall having your mental game and focus. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. So I'd love to hear about some of your journey with investment properties and real estate and the things you're doing. You guys have really built an incredible life. In fact, a few things I want to discover, you know, number one is you and Corey have been so intentional about living a life by design. And that's something that I feel like I'm going to preach till the day I die because most people live on autopilot and are in this reactionary mode. And I love that you guys are intentional with it. And part of what you're doing to help support that is investing in real estate. And so I'd love for you to talk through some of those strategies and experiences that you've had and, and maybe even what woke you up to being more intentional about having a life by design. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we kind of caught the real estate bug, so to speak, in 2019. That's when we bought our first uh, investment property. It was just a little townhome in Jacksonville, North Carolina, right outside base. Uh, it was a long-term rental. And uh, I actually had the privilege of um, giving a talk on our, our investment, our real estate journey for a local real estate meetup group who's run by my buddy, Sean McDonald's. Awesome guy. He's former Marine, has his own brokerage. He's a realtor. Awesome guy. But um, I think in, in the talk, I said something to the effect of writing the closing check for that property, I think was one of the most pivotal moments in my investment career. It was like a $19,000 check, right? For this this tiny little two bed, two bath townhome. But the I think the affirmation and the fear that that allowed me to overcome, to see proof of concept in action and to be able to kind of take leaps and bounds and scale from there was uh, made a tremendous difference, right? I mean, just to, just to finally see something working. So we started small, did, you know, bought a few more uh, long-term single-family homes, eventually scaled out of that into, into the short-term space. But we honestly live in a, this great vacation destination. I mean, you wouldn't think that rural eastern North Carolina is like a destination hub, but um, there's some beautiful barrier islands that people come from all over to vacation, mostly in the summer, but even throughout the year. So we kind of took a swing in early 2021 and got a great deal on this beautiful oceanfront property. That was amazing. We've always wanted a beach house. So we're like, holy cow, we get to, you know, utilize this beach house and we've got all this passive income from the rental, you know, property. This is great. And then we thought more about, well, you know, we, we spend a lot, we grew up in Florida. So we spent a lot of time away from family, especially at the holidays. So should we look at something down here? And uh, we actually, that's where I am right now is uh, we're in Madeira Beach, Florida, which is the Gulf Coast near Tampa where I grew up. But uh, we bought a condo down here and did the same thing. So, you know, passive income is creating, again, helping the, the lifestyle component, but also in the wintertime, we get to come down here and hang out here. And then most recently purchased a cabin in North Georgia and the Blue Ridge area. And that was this, this past summer. 
And then I guess in between we have our primary house that we still rent out, which is very close to the other beach place. So we got two on the North Carolina beach, one on the Gulf coast here, one in the North Georgia mountains. And we hop around kind of in the best of all seasons and take advantage of the passive income in between. And to your point, I mean, with, with the life by design, um, I get to wake up to water and beach every day or mountains. I mean, the, the serenity, the beauty, the gratitude and appreciation to be able to do that every day is nothing short of amazing. And, and that, that has been just a game changer for us in terms of, of just our intrinsic happiness to, to be in places we like, to see family more. It's been awesome. Oh, I love it. You get total utility out of your rentals. You're not just renting them for the income, though you have that. You're getting utility by moving around. And by the way, it's funny because I was going to ask you about this because every time you're on a Zoom call, it seems like you're in a different home. And I know it's not a different <laughs> room. They're all different rooms. But I'm like, these are different homes that you're in. You know, the community has to be like, man, how many homes does does Ryan own? It's, it's awesome. I love that you've built this really cool life to be able to live the places you want to live. And for the record, North Carolina is awesome. I've got family there. I can see why a ton of people pick that as vacation destinations. And we have done many vacations there. But uh, shout out to my uncle Dan and Aunt Becky and my cousins that live out there because North Carolina is an incredible place with amazing people. So yeah, there's a huge draw there. And I think you bought into the right market. We love it. Yeah. Um, where, where are your aunt and uncle, by the way? Well, they've been all over. I think right now they're in Pilot Mountain, used to be in Tobaccoville, all Winston-Salem area, Greensboro. I've got some family out there. So a little bit all over. That's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, uh, North Carolina has been a great state. Obviously, we ended up here kind of serendipitously on orders. <laughs> Actually, when we were in, in D.C., <laughs> we were leaving. I'll never forget it. I was FaceTiming Corey, uh, and she she cried. She's like, we're going where? <laughs> so we're, we're going to Jacksonville, uh, North Carolina. She's like, where is that? <laughs> So, but I mean, it ended up being the best thing ever. We've had such a great, uh, great experience. Uh, and again, just to, to be able to move around and, you know, it's, I guess, kind of one, one of the places that I, the, the, the idea has sort of come together, but I, I guess the, the term put to it, there's a, an author uh, and part of the Bigger Pockets community, Avery Carl. Um, she has a book called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth, I think. I may, may get that wrong. She and Tamar, actually, are friends. I uh, discovered that when we were at dinner last year at the retreat, which is pretty cool. But um, anyway, she talks about drive-to and fly-to destinations, vacation, you know, metropolitan, all this stuff. So kind of borrowing from her vocabulary, we have this sort of drive-to vacation model, right? Where when you think about the potential impact of an economic recession, if you've got a flight-to destination like Hawaii, Europe, whatever, um, you know, people might go, mm, I can't afford the plane tickets, but I can still afford the Airbnb. Maybe I'll drive the family there instead of fly. And you can drive to any of our properties, right? Whether it's in a mountain or on the beach or whatever. And and, and that's held true so far, albeit, you know, we've had a well, whatever, I'll, I'll save the economics, but uh, you get the idea, right? So uh, I, I think it's a fairly recession-resistant model. And, and when it's good, it seems really good if you, if you get the you know the numbers right. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I, I'm such a huge fan. As a child, we used to go to Cape Hatteras all the time. Oh, great. Uh, so we've done the Outer Banks for years and years and years and just went there, I think, again, two or three years ago. And it's, uh, it's a very special place to us. So I uh, love that, uh, that you have all the different places. You can drive to them. You've got full utility. I mean, that is really cool. Yeah, no, we, we, we've loved it. And, uh, and again, just you know, have, being able to not only take advantage of, uh, like you said, the utility, the passive income, but now to have the education behind, okay, you know, how can we work in bonus depreciation? How can we work on our tax structure, entity planning, um, uh, and everything that has been just the amazing transformation of the last year. And, and maybe that's a good segue into that piece. But I mean, holy cow, what a, <laughs> obviously had a lot of formal training in my life and had a lot of periods in time of, of professional or personal growth, or whatever you want to call it. But the last calendar year uh, trumps them all. I mean, there's no question. I, and I really feel that way. Well, I love hearing that. And, and for me, the goal is how do we help people get so good with their tax strategy that right out of the gates, they can cover the tuition. So you know, if people are already in the money by the time they're done with their first week of doing things, going through, you know, we've got 500 hours of content and we've got recommended, you know, self-study for people to kind of be onboarded with. But we've got this master document of over 50 unique tax strategies that people can use uh, as they are, you know, applicable to them. And And I don't know anyone in our community that hasn't saved at least the price of tuition and taxes over their life of being in the mastermind. And generally, it's a heck of a lot more. So uh, to me, it's like 
hey, let's do that. And then everything else is just icing on the cake. But I'd love to hear, you know, from your point of view, what this past year for you has been like. Yeah, transformational, I think, is, is the is the all-encompassing word. But yeah, I think the, the highest monetary utility has certainly been the tax strategies in which we, you just uh, did a course, right? That's going to be, I think, recorded at some point. Is that right? So we even have that to, you know, to help utilize, which would be great. Um, but Coming out at the end of the month, I believe. Oh, great. The end of this month or, or December? Uh, I think end of December. I think we're getting final cut of it at the end of this month. And then the end of December, I think it should be ready to go. That's fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that. That's going to be good. But yeah, so I, I think, you know... <laughs> When I when I started and did my onboarding session with Ryan Casey, uh, you know, it was a bit like drinking out of the proverbial fire hose because there's so much <laughs> stuff. But I want to say it was Alan Hayden that created the new member document, right? To sort of start here and work your way through in kind of a systematic fashion. Shout out to Alan. That, that, that has been very helpful. But uh, yeah, I think if, if we want to look at the just the sheer numbers side of things, the, the tax strategy, no question, has been the, the, the biggest dollar for dollar return when you want to look at the the tuition versus what we've gotten back. I mean, in year one alone, it was six figures plus. I mean, literally, not deductions, like actual like dollars back, which is obviously <laughs> incredible, right? So yeah, so that that's a huge piece. And that's not just one year, that's every year, which is so cool. It's, it's like, <laughs> right, this, right. these are strategies you just keep repeating, and then you add more strategies and save even more money. Yes, I mean, the, the just even contemplating the compound effect that that has, uh, I mean, that's that's just mind boggling. I mean, to, to think about the, the growth you can achieve um, and, and the, just the capital that you have available to go put in other deals or, or have fun with or, or do do anything with, really, to be a good steward with, right, as we talk about. That's a huge piece. The education, obviously, I mean, you know, all the all the mastermind deal calls. I mean, that's been not only calls that I've been able to attend live, but I mean, there's the 500 hours. I mean, how many hours are we up to now? I mean, something over 500, probably approaching 600. Yep. I mean, learning how to analyze private equity deals, learning how to get better at real estate. I mean, you, you know, tax strategies, legal strategies, asset protection. I mean, you name it, it's in there, right? I mean, all, all the high level stuff that, you know, I think the, the best in class at whatever it is they do are doing. It's there to take advantage of. So I think being intentional, first off, having the time to, to dedicate, right? I think the, again, the, the stars really aligned uh, with, again, having the, the time and the space to be able to dedicate to, to do this and learn. So I think if somebody were still in a full time, you know, working 80 or 100 hours a week or some crazy numbers, you could fit it in, but it would be tougher. So I do have the luxury of having more time that I can dedicate to, to learning and doing this, which is very helpful. Uh, and then maybe why I've got to digest some of it a little faster. But again, was very intentional about sitting down. I've got multiple documents and folders I've created um, with different strategies and different things we put in place. So I'm not just watching it and kind of in one ear and out the other. I'm I'm writing it down. I'm organizing it. Um, I tend to be pretty you know type A about that kind of stuff, uh, which, which is helpful. Yeah, but I think the you know the two pieces that I didn't fully understand or, or that I couldn't foresee or predict is A, the relationships, right? Just the incredible people that this group attracts. Um, I mean, your ability to select for the right kind of person to be here that is so successful, so generous with their time, so humble, so willing to give. What a privilege to have that many people in one place that we can just you know learn from one another and, and develop these amazing relationships. Like, like I said, meeting people for the first time and feeling like you've known them for your whole life. And that's really special to have that. So that's something that I, I just, there's no way to be able to explain that to somebody to experience it, I think. And then again, just the, the change in perspective, the, the growth in mindset. I think this, this quote that I wrote down on my, on my phone note is something like, you know, a man's mind once stretched to new dimensions can't ever return to its former shape. And that's not exactly how it works neurologically, but, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> metaphorically works. But it's true in, in seeing you know, other people's perspectives and what they're doing and being able to, to change my vision for what our life looks like and how can I help more people and how can I create more time? How can I be more intentional with what we're doing and, and, and so much more? I mean, that's I mean, that, that's priceless. You can't, you can't put a tax figure on that or, or whatever. I mean, it really, that really, that, that's, that's changed my life and the direction of my life permanently. And that, that, that to me is, I mean, I, I can't put a number on that. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and we're just so thrilled to have you graduating to year two with us. Uh, it's just a blast. And you've had tremendous impact because you made a post in our community that was, hey, here's all the reasons why I'm graduating to year two. 
And here's all the value that I got. And it was uh, it became a viral post in our community so much so that we had so many people reaching out. You're like, holy cow, how do I fit it all in? But I love that your focus is like, hey, I also want to serve these people and I want to help share the things I did to make sure that I got not just growth, but exponential growth, not just value, but exponential value. And um, the, the thing I always like helping people understand with the mastermind is that a lot of people look linearly and they say, okay, well, I need to get X return if I'm investing X dollars. Where the reality is, once you learn something, you have that for the rest of your life. Once you establish certain connections, you have that the rest of your life, whether it be experts, whether it be members. Once your mind has been expanded to what's possible, you have that the rest of your life. And so there's this big and exponential growth portion of it that really exists, even if someone were to just do it for one year and that's it. That's exactly right. And I mean, just the shift of to an abundance mindset and, and to bringing value to the world, that's part of Garrett Gunderson's philosophy that I absolutely love, uh, which we've had sessions with him, by the way. Garrett's an, an amazing individual. I'm really excited to see him again next week or this week or a few days. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, you said it just, just to be able to, to help one another and, and, and grow in, in, in so many ways is just, yeah. And I, like I said, I can't, like, I can barely put words to it. I mean, it's just, it's been so fulfilling and, and such an affirmation to be able to, to be part of that. And again, to have people, like I said, reach out after a year to go, I mean, these are, these are very successful people and they're given professions and to have Zoom calls like this and go, he tell me he did that again? Oh, <laughs> to be it. able to share that with people. It, it's been awesome. People see the value in those that can think. So you said you're very type A when it comes to like kind of creating a plan and doing all this. You have some people that just, you know, they, they really dive in on the live stuff, what's happening now. You've got another group of people that kind of make a self-study plan and they go back through all the hours of content or at least the applicable hours of content on the, you know, educational topics that they want to learn on. And so I think you've done a good job of really methodically laying out what it looks like, how you're going to dive in. And I think, you know, people, a lot of people, myself included, operate really well, much better when we have a blueprint. And sometimes we're not good at creating that blueprint. So Alan Hayden, shout out to you because you created the foundational blueprint for some of that in our community. But, you know, you have been able to add to that in a way that just presents a lot of value to our other members, which is cool. So uh, hearing your story, your growth, your experience really warms my heart. And it's a, you know, to me, it's, it's like, this is why I'm doing this. This is why we started Lifestyle Investors to help people of all levels of all different walks be able to experience life more on their terms, life more by design than default and huge wins, whether they be professionally, financially, buying time back. So maybe you can't even measure it, but you can see the impact in your relationships and, you know, the familial bonds. And so watching you, hearing you, learning more on your story, it's just really rewarding for me. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, Justin. I mean, uh, I've, I've had this conversation too with a handful of our members, but this is not something that you have to do, right? I mean, you know, you've clearly done very well on, on so many fronts in life. And, and I know it's a passion project and this is something that you want to do, which is just a testament to your character. But that's the point, right? Is that you, you're the kind of guy that says, no, I want to add value to the world. I want to give back. Um, and, and thank you for that. I mean, this is your, you're changing people's lives, right? And even as somebody who, again, was a, a non-mastermind member, I guess we all were at some point, <laughs> but, you know, ha having put it this way, having read the book in 2020, and then, like I said, you know, being like, oh my gosh, like in three years, how in the world would I be on this guy's podcast, right? Knowing what my mindset was then to now, you're still making a tremendous difference in people's lives. I mean, this, the, the free content that you put out with the podcast, the book, the fact that the book proceeds go to, I mean, it's just fighting human trafficking, right? I mean, that's in that part of the, the charity work. I mean, you don't need to do any of this, but you do. And and for Justin's listeners, like the, Justin is one of the most amazing, nicest, most genuine people that you will have the privilege of getting to know. And that is not just my opinion. That is a collective opinion from anybody I've talked to that has known you. So, and, and I, I truly mean that. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. And, you know, I feel very blessed to be inside this community. You know, people look at it as my community. I look at it as our community. I show up as a facilitator and even more so as a student. And it's just such a great home for me because I get to learn every day. I get to meet new people. I get to learn all the things that you know. 
and all the you know big moves that you make. And I can say, oh, I haven't done that recently or I haven't ever done that before. And so I, I really am the biggest student inside this community. And so for me, there's no place I'd rather be. And especially when we have members like you that are organizing really cool events like the Porsche racing event that you are putting on that you headed up for our Lifestyle Investor Mastermind members. I'm fired up for that event. That's going to be incredible. And, you know, thanks for taking the initiative to, you know, set up two days in Birmingham, Alabama to get trained by, you know, professional race car drivers that are going to let us drive these, you know, awesome Porsches all around this really nice track. And so, and it's also getting experiences like that. So hats off to you, Ryan, just love having you in the mastermind. And I think you're just an incredible member that adds a tremendous amount of value. Well, thank you so much, Justin. I I really mean it. It's, I I feel a tremendous privilege to be here. This feels like home. I mean, it, it really does. Like like we talked about to have just this this amazing community in the space to to do what we do and learn. You know, to to your point about kind of being a student, I, I think intellectual curiosity and I think your your quote is something to the effect of, you know, always wanting to be the novice in the room or aiming to be the, the novice in the room, right? I love that. I have certainly, certainly been that. It is. It's just incredible. I mean, the exposures that we get to to, to learn and grow together from one another, um, and and yeah, I, I just like I said, hard hard to put into words. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks again, and I always love wrapping up every episode we do with a question to our listeners, to those of you watching, and it's just this: it's what is one step that you can make today to move towards financial freedom and move towards a life that's truly on your terms, a life that you desire desire, not by default, but by design. Thanks for joining us here this week, and we'll look forward to catching you next week. Thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review over on iTunes. Not only do I read every single one, but it also helps me understand what content matters the most to our audience. And if you can think of one or two people who would benefit from this episode, would you mind sharing it with them right now? Who knows? Maybe they'll buy you something nice when they make their first million. If you would like access to today's show notes, including links to all resources mentioned, visit www.lifestyleinvestor.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Lifestyle Investor. This podcast is being made available exclusively to financially sophisticated, high net worth individuals capable of evaluating the merits and risks of investments. The material presented in this podcast is not intended to be investment advice or to recommend the purchase or sale of any security, nor is it intended to be legal, accounting, or tax advice. You should consult with your legal, tax, or financial advisor in connection with any material discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative nor a guarantee of future results. Certain materials discussed on this podcast may have been prepared by third parties, which have been obtained from sources that we believe to be accurate and current. However, we make no representation or warranty as to the accuracy, completeness, or currency of such materials.